This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Take a man podcast from Odyssey Sports. I'm Craig Hoffman. He is Logan Paulson. All right. So the Commanders drafting at 16. Uh, they've got 47. They've got a bunch of other picks as we go on down. And, you know, no real reason I'm listing them all, Logan, because there's a great chance that at least one of them gets traded. Uh, but they, they got they got picks in every round. Uh, they're they're set up well with the way this draft is. And and we're going to actually get to some simulations of what decisions they could be making on the board in the first three rounds in a few minutes. But uh, you did an interesting kind of study research yeah. project over this past week where you took a look at, at Rivera and, and his crew, the Marty's, et cetera, and kind of what they've looked for at different positions, because there's all these names that get connected to every team, but to Washington and, it becomes kind of the general consensus like, Oh, well, Washington's going to take this guy because he's, he's the Washington guy. Well, when you dug in, let's start with offensive line. What is an actual Washington guy? What is an actual commander based off history at the offensive line? Well, I think Ron is a guy who's going to like follow things that have worked for him in the past. And so when I look at last year's draft, I think last year's draft was very successful and I think it was very successful in Ron's mind and, you know, in my observation of last year's draft class, because they went and they got players who were very high character guys who'd played a lot of football for big programs. And there's, there's the character thing, I think is something that increases the floor of a player. So basically what you're looking at is very, very high floor players and players who don't necessarily have the same type of upside. So when you go through the draft class, let me just click this open real quick. But like when you go through the draft class with these guys, you kind of say to yourself, um, you know, like, what are you looking for? I'm looking for guys with leadership qualities. I'm looking for guys that have position flex. I'm looking for guys that, um, have played a ton of football. So the first guy on my list that I, that, that kind of meets this criteria is Paris Johnson. He started at a fresh Paris Johnson jr. Out of Ohio state. He started as a freshman played guard, started left tackle. So the position flex box is checked. He started a charity in high school. Like obviously he's very forward thinking and he's got his head, head on straight. Um, so I think that is a guy that kind of fits that mold, right? The next guy on my list is Anton Harrison because he's played a lot of football, been a little inconsistent, but has the position flex. And then the guy that probably is the most commanders player to me out of these tackles is Matthew Bergeron out of Syracuse. He's the team captain. He's a four-year starter. He plays guard. He plays left tackle. He plays right tackle. He's done it all. He's been there his entire career, 
no trouble issues. And so to me, it's like, I know all these names, you know, people throw around Darnell Wright. When you kind of delve into Darnell Wright a little bit more, you realize he was really inconsistent at left tackle. He was really inconsistent at guard. He has some kind of, there's whispers in certain media outlets of him having some personality type stuff, right? And I haven't been able to corroborate that, but, you know, from these outlets, like, I'm going to kind of defer to that because where there's smoke, there's often fire. So this guy that I love the film of might not be a personality fit with this organization in the same way that a Matthew Bergeron is. Because Matthew Bergeron, just based on this kind of little research project I did, has a very, very high floor. He's an excellent leader, voted captain. You know, he's he speaks multiple languages. He's a smart guy. Position flex. Those, those Syracuse Orange, you got to right. love them. And so, again, like, so I know that's a name that hasn't really been associated with the team a ton. But I think that's really interesting because it kind of it takes away the guys like Dewan Jones, who are very, very high upside guys, but the floor is not very high for him, I don't think, because he's still there are some, you know, there's some conditioning, some concerns. There's uh, he has played a lot of football, which I think kind of checks the bill, but lacks that true position flex. Some people say he can play left. Maybe, you know, I think that's yet to be seen. But I, I think that's interesting. Broderick Jones, only 19 starts. He's only redshirt sophomore. I don't know if Ron, given the current situation, is going to bet on upside the way some of these other organizations are. So I think he's looking for more of a surefire thing. And when you go through the list, it's really interesting because then you get to like guards, for example, and it's not Osiris Torrance. It's Steve Avili. It's Cody Mock. It's Tyler Steen from Alabama, right? Guys who have played 50 plus games, the super seniors, those guys who have seen everything under the sun. And again, those names are not have not been in tremendous circulation with this organization but i think that's the type of guy you're probably going to lean towards yeah that makes a lot of sense um i i do think the offensive line is in an interesting place though where you know are you looking for someone who's going to start for you right now or are you looking more long term and you always wonder but i i do think the thing you said at the beginning uh, more generally about ron is like ron is someone who gets an idea in his head and if he thinks it works then he's going to go right back to that well which can be good and can be bad right. sometimes like you're the benefit of an anomaly and sometimes uh you know you found something that works and you should keep going back to it so uh, i do think that's going to be an interesting thing with them in this particular draft at o-line is you know we've talked about it and i've said it on the radio i've said it here is like yeah offensive line makes a lot of sense because you feel like you can upgrade at almost every position outside of whatever cosme is going to play um but at the same time, you don't necessarily need any position. Right. So um, how, do, how does the shuffle work? Um, that's that's going to be a pretty fascinating thing. All right, corner. Right. Obviously, Benjamin St. Juice is, is probably the model, uh, would right. be my guess. They love what they've gotten out of him. Big, long, physical, great feet. Um, but he's obviously had an injury history, and, and I think he had some of that in Minnesota as well. So maybe maybe a little bit more upside play. What would you find in, in – going back and looking at corners yeah so they do tend to kind of gravitate towards like physical freaks like and william jackson the third is kind of the other guy in my opinion that they, they they went after right he's a big physical fast guy that is kind of freaky in his measurables and i think like when they're looking for a certain athletic profile there and a certain physical mindset at the position because benjamin st juice maybe isn't the most physical guy of all time but he's a very willing tackler. He's very good in press. He's good at the catch point. And so when you kind of go through, you say, okay, well, like, who is that? And guys who are very productive for a long time. Like, um, you know, I think Benjamin St. Juice played, I think he was like a three-year starter. 
at um, at Minnesota, if I remember correctly. I'd have to go back and look that up. But so guys like Deontay Banks, to me, because of his athletic profile, because of how he plays the position physically, kind of fit the fit the mold here more than, you know, a Witherspoon or a Porter. And then you say, well, you know, who else kind of outside of that top group of guys? And I, I really want to say schematically, um, uh, the guy from uh, Mississippi State, Forbes, Emmanuel Forbes, Forbes, right? The corner, he would fit schematically because they play a lot of cover three. They play a lot of off match, but they don't, I I think the the lack of big size there would be concerning. But I think from a, from a scheme, from an athletic trait standpoint, he fits. And then a guy that I think everyone's been talking about, maybe they haven't been is Julius Brents from Kansas state because he is, I'm not even like this. He is Benjamin St. Just. He's six, three, he's 200 pounds. He's got 34 inch arms. He had excellent short shuttle times. His 40 was okay, but all of his L, his L drill, his 5.10.5 were all like top percentile, 100th percentile. They were excellent. So that's exactly what Benjamin St. Juice was. And so when you think about that, like if that's the model, if those guys with those high physical upsides are the model, then the list gets really tight really quick. You know, um, Banks, I think there might be a little bit of concern because he played in a predominantly man scheme. I think William Jackson the third, predominantly a man corner. Maybe that scares him off, but the high physical upside, I think, is something you lean into. And then I think, um, you know, Forbes with the cover three match, very, very interesting. And then Julius Brents, because that physical fo- uh, profile works so well in this system. So those are some names that I would just throw out there. And I think there's probably more guys that fit that bill, but those are the guys that kind of jumped off the page when I started the project. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, um, and that that gets really interesting, and and we'll get into kind of our decision making mock draft simulator here in a, yeah. in a few, but um, it does really really push for like a trade down situation yeah. um, potentially with with those guys like Brents and Forbes um, and Banks are yeah. you're looking like mid to late twenties versus sixteen. Yeah, uh, and that's same thing with be, the O line though too, right? If you're looking right. for a type, right? that trade back is, is going right. to be big. Because well, I mean, if you say Paris Johnson though, like if he's there at 16, he, then maybe 16 that's might be, that might be the guy. Um, so you start to piece all the, this puzzle together. Um, any, any other positions that you came across strong, strong correlations of traits and success with the commanders? Yeah. So there were, uh, so we'll do edge rusher and linebacker if we got time sure. to do that. So yeah. linebacker, I think everyone thinks, Oh, like they need a mic. They need Jack Campbell. They need this kind of, you know, prototype, you know, he's, he's the bluest collar. He's the highest floor. But when you look at what they do at linebacker, they tend to kind of gravitate towards athletic projects, you know, like obviously J, uh, Jamin Davis is exhibit a, uh, Cody, the guy they just brought in from Seattle is also a converted safety. Who's relatively great at the position. I think they have a lot of, they seem to have a lot of confidence that they can develop those guys athletically, right. That they turn those athletic guys into starting caliber players. So to me, then if I'm looking for athletic profiles, I kind of get away from, from Jack Campbell, like even though he's the, the highest floor guy. So it's funny. I feel like they have high floor standards in certain areas. And then here it's like, they're playing upside. 
So Drew Drew Sanders from Arkansas, the linebacker who's the converted edge rusher, because of his athletic profile, all of a sudden creeps up the board pretty substantially. Simmons out of I don't think Simmons kind of fits their mold because he's not very tall, but they like these tall, angular linebackers, right? Um, there's a kid from Tulsa. He's six three. He's got the longest arms of any linebacker. Like those types of physical athletes that are that have like kind of this imposing figure at the linebacker position I think become more valuable for them than let's say a guy like Jack Campbell now I think Jack Campbell would be an excellent fit here and I'm sure that you know if he's there in the third round they'd probably select him but I do think that it's important to note that their their value at that position seems to be more on traits as opposed to on college production which is something to keep in mind when evaluating like a Henley out of Washington State very productive player but a little shorter a little stouter they want those tall 6'4", six, 6'5", six, guys, I think, that can run and hit. And I think there's some guys later that are maybe more raw but fit that bill a little bit more acutely. So I think that's something to keep in mind. Yeah, that makes sense. And then the last one you mentioned was edge rusher, um, which is one of the most interesting positions because they, it seems like, based off their current roster, like you've got kind of two different molds, right? You've right. got the Montez Sweat mold, and then you've got the – the chase young mold and chase is maybe a bad example because there's no one else in his mold. He's such a freak, but like the, the bendy edge rusher type, uh, the, you know, ironically Shaka Tony, who they now need to replace because he got suspended for a year. Yeah. Um, I, I, but I'm, that, I'm, that's kind of the two molds. And I'm really glad you brought that up because there is, there is two types of players they would be looking for. There's these guys that are big physical edge shedders. So like your Keon white is a perfect example from Georgia tech. He's a little, he's a little raw, but he's, 6'5", he's got 34-inch arms. He's kind of that big, you know, unicorn body type that's going to set edges in the run game, compress the pocket, just be big and nasty, right? And then you've got, like, Zach Harrison out of Ohio State. He's got 36-inch arms. He looks like Montez Sweat when he plays, and Montez Sweat's been so successful in this scheme. He's got high run-stopping upside, and, again, you just paid those defensive tackles. So those types of bigger body, longer arms, Miles Murphy, Lucas Van Ness, those guys fit that mold, right? Guy like Zach Harrison at Ohio State makes me a little nervous because he's he's been an underachiever, and I think they want to shy away from guys like that. You know, which is why I mentioned Ke- uh, Keon White first. If they don't pick one in the first two rounds, and he slips a little bit because he's a classic overachiever. You know, so like you're kind of betting on high floor work ethic, which is something they did last year. Then you get in the bendy edge rushers, and you say, how much do they actually value that in this scheme? Because the guys they kind of pick up in the later rounds are bendy edge rushers. You know, and so, you know, Will McDonald, the fourth out of um, Iowa State, is like the bendiest edge rusher you'll ever see. He's very experienced. He plays physically. He feels a need at a high level. But does he actually, um, will he fully fall to you in the second round or third round? I don't think so. I think he's going to be off the board. And so, you know, like that's something to keep an eye on is like, even though they have a very specific type, like, are they going to kind of prioritize, hey, we have these big bodies. Let's get a smaller guy like Nick Hampton out of Appalachian State who's six two and a half, six three, he's two hundred and forty ish, four forty five pounds maybe, but a very, very excellent pass rusher. So do you kind of say in a later round we get a Nick Hampton to kind of flesh out this room where you say we want more of the same type of body types as our big freaky edge rushers. We got, you know, your James Smith Williams, your Montez Sweat, even Chase Young to a certain extent. So that's where I think that becomes really interesting is there there are two different types. And I think it's like they also seem to be gravitating towards guys there with high physical profiles, obviously, and also high work ethic profiles. So, um, you know, other guy would be Fajoko out of uh, Sacramento State, um, who is uh, San Jose State, excuse me, 
who's again that big kind of edge shedding guy who's going to compress a pocket. So there are guys that fit both molds, um, and it just depends on you know which they want to prioritize, especially given Chase Young and his fifth year option type of thing. So yeah, uh, that's they they've got a massive decision to make an edge, and I I do wonder if one of the premier edge guys falls to them a little bit at sixteen if that becomes appealing, but yeah. They say they they say they want to keep both guys, uh, you know. But we'll also see May seconds coming real fast for uh, Ron Rivera to say. announce what they do. With it. But the thing is, even if they announce they're not giving Chase the fifth year option, doesn't mean they're not keeping him long term. Correct. Uh, it's going to depend on what happens this season. All right. When we get back here on Take Command, uh, we dive into the mock draft simulator and we put ourselves on the clock, make some real decisions like the Commanders will have to do, uh, starting later this week. 